Hi, I'm Michael Hartman. I'm Naomi Liu. And I'm Mike Rizzo. And this is OpsCast. A podcast for marketing ops pros. And RevOps pros. Created by the MoPros, the number one community for marketing operations professionals. Tune in to each episode as we chat with real professionals to help elevate you in your marketing operations career. Okay, Andy, thank you so much for getting on to share uh, an episode of what we fondly refer to as Moops TV. I don't know if that'll stick forever, but for right now, it's holding true. Um, And we are really excited to learn about the marketing ops oops that you might have uh, encountered in your career. But before we get going, we would love to learn a little bit more about who you are and where you're currently working. Obviously, we see a nice little background there. So that's awesome. And then just a little bit about your background. Tell us about yourself. <laughs> my background, not my background, right? <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I'm Andy Carone. I am the VP of Consulting at Revenue Paul. And I've been there for about two and a half years now. Uh, I started out actually more on the sales ops side of things, uh, owned Salesforce back in the day, uh, and became a marketing automation and then Marketo uh, customer in 2012. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you yeah, came yeah. in on the sales side of things, which is great. You, uh, you yeah, that, I started out in Salesforce and then got to own both systems at my first uh, company, which was I was so spoiled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I, you know, ar- yeah. yeah, I was going to say, arguably spoiled, right? Uh, we don't always we don't always yeah. like yeah. owning both systems, but sometimes it's helpful. <laughs> so, where were you in that track record of you know in your tenure of being in kind of a sales ops, marketing ops role? Um, yeah. At what point in your career did did this mistake you're going to share with us uh, happen? So this particular error occurred um, several years in, probably would have been after I'd been in Marketo, easily five years at that point. Um, I owned a system that was leveraged globally uh, by multiple teams, a lot of end users, a lot of casual users. um, And despite many discussions about a potential center of excellence model, the best that I was able to manage was a loosely policed system with some approval processes in place and a lot of program templating to get people to follow just a A, B, C, D step within the system on deploying their programs. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So, so this, so this environment, uh, lack of, of controls, you know, people can get in there, um, and do, it sounds like you, you tried to get some organization around it, struggled a little bit. Um, so what was it that, that the system was trying to do for you or this program that was in place? Like what was trying to be accomplished? Yeah. So in participation with one of the marketing teams that was not a common user of Marketo, they were actually more on the partnership side. There was a monthly newsletter that needed to go out. And there was a lot of back and forth on how the internal teams would know that that email had gone. They wanted to see it. They, they essentially wanted to be participative in it. 
But when you're sending a newsletter email and trying to gauge engagement, and then you're sending to a bunch of internal stakeholders, that, well, that's going to you know massively inflate uh, your your potential. Impact, oh yeah, right? the click through rates, so, and the open rates. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. And okay. so this like I want to CC, I want to BCC sort of conversation was was very um, debated. And of course, at that time, that functionality did not yet exist in any incarnation inside of Marketo. So it was, we can send you the test, we can send you, you know, something, um, but we recommend not having you be part of the audience for this particular email deployment. Totally. I, you know what? That Even in my most recent roles, we would just copy paste the email into like a G suite, right? And just hit send or like send right. a test email to one person and that person would forward it internally. Or publish, you know, the code out and then put that on a page where people could go play with it or whatever, right? There's like a bunch of different options, but they were just dead set. Like we want to get the email at the same time, same experience, like we want it. And so in an effort to be accommodating, mm-hmm. the individual who was scheduling this email to go out had member of list, right? So there's mm-hmm. my smart list is member of smart list um, and three flow steps, which was send email, change program status, send alert. Now, In your brain, if you don't really think through it, you're thinking, okay, send alert, that's going to send an email to an individual. Cool. Like that's basically faking a BCC. And in a scenario where maybe you're doing that with a demo form request or something like that, that might actually work, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Potentially. I could see that being something you might do, right? Yep. The challenge with this particular setup was that because it was a batch, which you never want to schedule an alert against or put that in your flow, right? Like that's probably not a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and also that of the three emails contained in the alert sent to, one was an internal distribution list. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. So what that meant was some quiet, rainy Thursday morning um, that uh, hit its scheduled batch time. And I was opening up my email, just getting to my desk and went, uh oh. And then my phone rang and I went triple uh oh. And (laughs) next thing I go in and it's closed off the execution of that batch. Like there's no calling it back. These are out the door. Like it's a done deal. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So the output of this was that for every individual who received the newsletter, an alert of that same newsletter was also sent to the individual in the alert flow step. Right. Because one of those was a distribution list that went to over 2,000 employees. And because the send list for the newsletter was 8,434 people, we ended up with a scenario where the company's server got shut down because over 2,000 people got the same email over 8,000 times. Oh, 
Moops. Yep. <laughs> Ouch. More oh like, goodness. yeah, no, I know. Plenty of choice words actually came out of my mouth at that point. But also you could see the intention. You could see someone trying to do something in this system to accommodate a request that never should have been made of that mm-hmm. system, that there were other ways to account for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yep. who, who on the, like, you said you got a phone call, who actually noticed it first? Was it you or someone on your team? I or? was noticing it as someone else was calling me to say, why is my inbox blowing up right now? Oh, and then uh, very quickly, you know, IT was looped in, everybody was looped in. Um, you know, the right. CEO of this company was on that distribution list, right? Like this was front and center, oh. no way to do anything other than be like, hey guys, this is very shameless to me, but I don't care. Hey guys, this is why we don't do CC or BCC on emails. Right. They're going out in Marketo. We can send you a test. You want to test next time? Yeah, good. That's cool. a hard lesson learned. <laughs> that's for sure. Oh, boy. I, I will say it had the outcome of definitely stopping any future requests to be CC'd on a marketing email. I, I um, oh not necessarily gosh. the way I would have liked to have gotten to that resolution point on that particular uh, topic, but um, effective. Right. Oh boy. So that's just, yeah. Wow. I, yeah. well, Hey, you got there. Right. So, so in terms of remedying this, like, is it at this point, it's just a fall on your sword moment, right. Where you go to the team or the stakeholders that received all this stuff. Well, first of all, your servers are shut down. So you got to boot that back up and then what you send an apology. Everyone's (laughs) earbox inboxes have to be cleaned out. Right. Like there's a whole process of remediation organizationally that has has nothing to do with mm-hmm. Marketo or, or or even marketing at that point. Um, and it's essentially a process of saying, we know why this happened and it will not happen again. And these are the measures that we're taking to ensure that this does not occur, right? Yeah. Ownership of the newsletter and execution of said newsletter shifted. And, and approval processes went into place that had not been there previously that said there's now two different levels of people that need to look at this from both an email Mm -hmm. approval, which is already in place, um, and an automation approval. Right. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. So so during this remediation process, just unpacking that for just a second, um, we're like who got involved because this this like you said it it falls outside of just the system now so did you end up calling a handful of meetings real quickly with was it you or just like some other team members like yeah so i had my um direct manager who owned marketing operations as a whole schedule with teams to coordinate on that end so that I could focus on doing what I needed to do on my end, which was wonderful. Mm, um, and we okay. did sit down and basically have a postmortem about yeah. what had happened, why it had happened and how we would avoid it future state. But at the end of the day, it really was someone trying to accommodate a request that should never have been yeah. made or accommodated yeah. in the first place. Right. Like this is not, yeah. 2,000 people inside the company probably don't need to get the partner newsletter, yeah. actually. Totally. Right? Like yeah. that, that's probably be not something folks, to be putting in their inbox either. 
Um, either they're not going to digest it or it's eating up inbox space or their time or what have you. Right. Like, yeah. And, and, and deliverability and like, um, sender credibility, right? Like your, your domains, like, uh, rating, right. Is, is tremendously important. So like, if you just keep sending people emails that they never open, like, right. That's right. And I mean, this was an alert, so so it was a little bit different, but still, I mean, it, it yet again proved point of why we didn't want to be sending those emails as part of the newsletter blast. Right. Also. right? Right. So, so oh, the, yeah. you put in a process, you guys uh, put in new checks and balances. Um, yeah. And I assume obviously that mistake never happened again in the future. Correct. Um, so that's not, that's not on my watch anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like I've washed my hands of this now. So that, yeah. So this yeah. Is good. yeah. 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 Well, cool. So, all right. So final parting thoughts, what would you say to someone who's made a similar mistake is maybe about to make a similar mistake or, just like kind of broadly, like your advice for marketing and revenue operations professionals out there around, you know, avoiding the moops moment. Like, what, yeah. are, your, what are your thoughts there? Um, you know, at some point in your career, someone's going to ask you to do something and you're going to be rushing or you're going to be trying to be accommodating or you're going you're, you're gonna to be going out of your way to do something that maybe isn't something that you would normally do, whether it's because you're rushed, whether it's because you're new in a role, whatever that might be, new boss, you're trying to, you know, impress. Um, And I think it's just, A, it's imperative to have upses during your career because that's how we learn, that's how we grow. Trying new things and failing at least means that you're actually growing as an individual, right? If you just stick on the straight and narrow and you never make a mistake, then that means you never tried anything either, in my opinion. Um, So sometimes, you know, you fail, but if you're trying something new and out of the box, maybe try it with a smaller audience first or not a distribution list or what have you (laughs) to see how that plays out, right? Test before you deploy, especially new things or things that are a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But also be prepared to own your mistakes, yeah. right? To go in front of your boss or your boss's boss or your boss's boss's boss and be like, these things occasionally do happen in systems like this because they need to be this powerful to execute and do the job they're intended for. Sure. And this proves point A, B, or C potentially of something I've been advocating for, in my case, center of excellence, right? This reinforced that recommendation. Right. Fortunate way to have that occur, but it did, mm-hmm. right? So let's talk about not just from a system or user perspective on how we can ensure this doesn't occur again, but if need be organizationally to support that this isn't even a potential. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Get it outside. And and those conversations are tremendous, right? Getting outside of the tool itself and its kind of capabilities, whether they're limited or robust, um, it's taking it beyond that and saying, how do we ensure that across the organization we're aligned so that, in your example, that request, everyone understands that that request isn't really a sound request. And and here's why, right? And and creating that that alignment across the org. That makes sense. Exactly. And I think the other thing there is there's a lot of power in being able to say to your boss, I know what happened. I know what happened and it'll never happen again. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, being proactive about coming to them with, Hey, this thing just went down and you need to know about it. 
um, has, uh, it's invaluable, right? Yeah. If you wait to be called into the principal's office, then you're all cowery in there, which is a natural state, right? Like we don't really want to necessarily be in the spotlight on things in yeah. general and certainly not like this, <laughs> totally, right? Totally. But, but at the same time, back to life, it happened. We can't go back and change it. So what can we do? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. No, all, all great advice. And I think um, the more professional we are about handling, excuse me, those situations, the better. Right. And it just um, we all want to crawl under a rock when stuff like that happens. But <laughs> you know, the, the reality is, is that hopefully you've met with a boss or have a manager who's either already managed someone like you, who's probably made mistakes too, or has literally been in your shoes. So, or you just sit like, you know, say, I promise this happens all the time. Shameless plug, go watch Moops TV. <laughs> right. Like, this is not this is a real prove thing. to you literally that like, this is so common. A whole there thing is now. a online segment about it. Here you go. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Anyway, well, Andy, thank you so much for getting on and sharing your Moops moment with us. Um, and, you know, thank you for letting us learn from you. And hopefully others who are watching this will um, create a center of excellence and maybe avoid those costly mistakes. So really appreciate it. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. <laughs>